Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering here at Tolaris, and this is the Next Level Biz Tech. Now, uh, today, we're on the fun track. We're talking cloud stuff, and I get the pleasure of being joined by Bob Buchanan, Senior Director of Sales from RapidScale. Bob, welcome on. Hey, Josh. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. So, uh, for for anybody that that caught this track, we're in the middle of the cloud virtual desktop WAS DAS track. And if you tuned into the first episode, you heard Tolaris uh, solution architect for cloud Anthony Hansen, and we went through some some great talk tracks on how to approach those opportunities, what we're seeing out in the marketplace, deals that Anthony's in the middle in. And so today we're going to get an opportunity to talk to Bob about you know what Rapid Scale is doing, and and we're going to go through some trends and deals and and innovations and things like that. But first, uh, Bob, I'd like to get any kind of damaging information, weird, windy, exciting history that you've had. Now, we know, we know your role, work a lot with you. We love you in, in the role at RapidScale. But I want to know, has it always been cloud for you? Have you done anything crazy wild leading up to this? And how the heck did you get to, to this spot? Well, sure. Um, yeah, man. Everyone likes to tell their story. Um, where do I start? I mean, I don't think there's anything crazy, Josh. Uh, I, you know, like a lot of us, you, I, I think sometimes we ended up in this uh, industry by accident. Um, me personally, I, I studied political science and economics and somehow I got into IT. <laughs> but uh, no, the, 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 I decided that at some point in the, in, the, in the late 90s, I wanted to get into sales and that led me into the technology sector. And then around 2003, um, the dot-com crash had, had exploded, and I got introduced to an entrepreneur had, who had acquired a data center here in the Raleigh, North Carolina market. Knew nothing about data centers, knew very little about the internet, other than what maybe Al Gore was trying to tell us at the time. Um, and, and I took a chance, man. I left a, a, what was a pretty good job and went and joined up with, a, with, a, with what really was a small boutique data center company. And it ended up becoming... The, uh, an incredible ride and over the next several years we got that facility to we got that one data center to five data centers and drew, drew revenue and working for an entrepreneur allowed me to you know obviously tap into my sales skills but really learn how to run a business and i think that was the really the big difference how, how do, what are the economics behind um the internet the cloud data centers managed hosting at the time dedicated servers uh, co-location even and we ended up selling that that facility, which at the time the the initial the initial principals acquired for pennies on a dollar, a couple hundred grand. They sold it for over three hundred million to Windstream, Ooh. and uh, we became Windstream hosted solutions. And uh, I, I got my you know my first couple couple steps in the management, and ultimately around two thousand ten. Um, was able to take a, a vice president role, ex expanding um, the cloud inside Windstream's channel. And Windstream had a great channel program. Um, they still do, but back then it was, uh, you know, I, I would argue, I mean, they, they were 
transacting with all the major distributors and, and really had a, um, a fair amount of their, their, their annual sales bookings going through channels. So it was an exciting time for me. I get to learn from some great people um, and really understand how this um, crazy uh, channel environment works. Um, we had some ups and downs, to be completely honest with you. I mean, here's a, here's a carrier who bought the company, but um, we also had success selling through Windstream's uh, uh they're, they're traditional sellers, the guys that did their, their, their core deals. So fast forward a couple of years, 2015, um, along comes uh, Tierpoint and Windstream divested that business um, and, and sold it to Tierpoint, call it, I think at the time it was 600 million. So we're doing something right. right. And uh, I was like, okay, everything I learned in the channel from all these great people I had been around, everything I learned from the entrepreneurs I've been around, and we're going to take that to tier point, go work for some, you know, another great team of man management with, with Jerry Kent and his team and, and some others. And we blew that out. And uh, we went from, I think, what was at the time around 15% of their, their, their bookings was, was going through channel to by the time that I, I ended up departing in 2017, middle of the year, we were doing about 40 to 50% of every deal for the channel. So I, I understood the distribution and network and how that worked, including, you know, obviously the Talaris ecosystem and, and what an incredible ride. And that, that kind of led me to today. Um, and I got here kind of by accident again. Uh, some of the folks I knew were at rapid scale around 2017 and in rapid scale at the time, I'd call it another boutique managed cloud business that, that had some, some good operators, but who probably could tap into some of my experience, both in running a business and how to scale sales organizations, really understanding the channel and, and how do we maximize that? And then bringing in great talent and surrounding yourself with just people that are going to make us better. So I took the leap of faith. I, it, was an, it was the first opportunity for me to have a seat at the table, to truly be a principal in the business, a, a, an equity stakeholder in the business. Mm -hmm. And then within 13 months, we, we, we exited that business and sold it to Cox Communications, which today gives us an unbelievable apparatus of resources. And, and here we are with what I would call a, a real disruptor in, in, in the space. And we've built a world-class team that we're incredibly proud of. So uh, I hope that gives you a little bit, probably nothing too sexy in there, but that's my story. No, I think it's a great story. Uh, you know, everybody has a different path and I just love to hear uh, how everybody got to where they're at, because I think if you're outside this space and or if you're just starting in your career and you're trying to figure out how do you get there, there's there's this assumption that it has to be on this exact linear path. And and I can't get here unless I, you know, get this Ph.D. and I stay in school forever. But I think just the the real world practical experience, it's been so cool to hear what everybody's learned and those that are that are willing to be sponges and those that are willing to to, to surround themselves with good people rise up. Uh, and get great opportunities, and it isn't it isn't uh, random, right? I mean, you you clearly had the drive and the desire, and did some great things, and are continuing to do some great things. And so it's 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 cool to hear that story, uh, and it's been good to see you know post acquisition from the Cox side, just see it get better and better and better. Um, we couldn't be happier with that. So no, it's a good it's a good story. That one passes. All right. So so let's talk about um, you know obviously we talked about the acquisition. Uh, I think everybody's aware of that. But talk to me about uh, let's just level set now. The, the the track is cloud. It's it's the virtual desktop, the WAS side. You guys obviously have other product sets, but maybe let's give everybody a glimpse into your current role, and then who is Rapid Scale for anybody that isn't familiar yet. Maybe they're selling in a different technology. 
Yeah, no problem. I mean, <clears throat> when when I think people hear the rabbit skill name, they think managed cloud. They they certainly think desktop as a service. I think that that's a an area where we excel in. Um, I'll tell you this: one of the, one of the big things that excited me about Rapid Scale was the market they're serving. There, there's there really is an underserved market, and in, in, in our in our cohorts sometimes overlook the the mid market customer. Um, and I think that's where we absolutely excel. There's some good reasons for that. Um, but I also instead of just looking at us as managed cloud, I think of us as an MSP or a, or a cloud company that has a lot of MSP attributes. So delivering desktop, deliver, delivering uh, infrastructure service, DR, but at the end of the day, hey, can, you, can, your, can your end users at a mid-market company, even in the small enterprise, access your core data, your core applications from anywhere at any time on any device? Love it. And uh, that, th there is, I think what we found, I think the great thing is, is that you guys, you have, a, you have a great wedge in. You have a lot of opportunities to wedge in. And I know we're talking cloud but there are there are a handful of great ancillary products that you guys have that that bolt on right exactly to that environment and if you can control the desktop and you own the desktop and you mix that trend and we were talking about this on the last one with with Anthony Hansen of you know that the trend is not going towards oh I can find people to, to do this job I have no problem staffing I have no problem finding the technical <laughs> the trend is going I can't find anybody and, and half of my people are considering quitting or Timmy and IT is all I have left uh, or, or, or Susie over in sysadmin, please help me. So I think the timing is great too. So it's awesome to see you guys invest in, you know, this perfect storm stuff just happens to be going on as well that, that bodes really well for you guys. So kudos to you. Um, let's talk about the technology. You know, you, We've talked, uh, you know, there's there's certainly the virtual desktop component. We can go down that road. But, um, you know, what, you know, you get to run the, the, the sales side of things and, and you get to see a lot of customer environments. So talk to me about when you get to own that desktop and we get to put some of these technologies in. Um, what have you learned from that? And what have you what have you seen most valuable, you know, for the business, for the customer's eyes uh, as you go and put some of these solutions in? Yeah, and good question. I'd say the the first thing is my my team. You know, call it fourteen channel managers across the country. Every deal that's coming in and into my team and and what we're responsible for is coming through the partner community. So it's in, it's really important that the partners understand what a deal looks like, and we we spend a lot of energy trying to educate and enable. So I think the things that we're, we've learned it, they're they're both good and bad. The the good is hey what are the right use cases? What are the business outcomes that make sense for desktops? And then there's the bad. What, what, when should you not sell this? And I, I think if you're just looking customers or, or partners out there that are saying, hey, we're gonna compare um, laptops or, or, or PCs to just going with a virtual desktop, that's, a, that's an ill-fated use case. Um, I think it comes back to, you know, hey, Again, the, the the hybrid remote work environment drives a lot of this, but it's even the applications. In, in fact, right here at Cox, for example, we've got all kinds of systems and applications within the corporate environment. There are certain apps that are just easier for me to get to without being on a VPN to access over Citrix. Um, so that's into the enterprise. And then in, into the mid-market, you have a, a lot of customers that 
actually have a, a the use case for VDI, virtual desktops or DAS. And, and those might range from uh, security, identity management, being able to lock down a device, making sure that it might be mitigating risk of a lost device. It might be um, meeting the need of a task worker, but whatever it is, at, at the end of the day, can you manage that securely? Can you manage it efficiently? Um, and some of our biggest deals, Josh, come from clients that have already tried it. There, you, you hit you hit a, a hot button for me. It's the human capital and the, the war on talent. But hey, we're managing, for example, Citrix today, and it's not going very well. Well, Citrix is really finicky. It needs to be fine tuned, and you need the, the the right engineering team to be able to make sure that that environment's running optimally. And and I think there's a lot of uh, folks who jump in it, make the investment, and realize they don't have the talent to deliver on it. Yeah, that's a good point, and. You know, the the other trend that we've been talking about with this is, uh, you know, obviously security guy at heart here. So um, I have to imagine that a good subset of what you see also from an opportunity perspective is we're just trying to minimize our attack surface here. And um, we've got yes. data sprawl. We 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 didn't used to have employees everywhere. Now we have employees everywhere and we're going to continue to expand that. So help us with that. I, I, I take it that you see a lot of that as well. A hundred percent. You know, and it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, we, our business, you, you alluded to it, but our business skyrocketed with most cloud businesses due to the pandemic. And now that we're kind of moving away from what, what was, you know, COVID-19 into um, kind of a new world order, if you will, to where, you know, the hybrid work environment is not going away. And, you know, if you, if you're going to access applications on, on open networks, um, at your home network, how do, how do you do that securely, depending on the application where it lives, um, there's different answers to that. Um, software as a service, I think helps us, helps the, the customer a lot because new apps are being delivered over, you know, secure web connections, but there's a tremendous amount of traditional legacy client server applications that are still exist. And how do you meet the end user's needs for, for those applications? Um, that is not going away, and there's plenty of them out there. Fair point. And I'm going to come back to uh, some examples, right, uh, to draw out a little bit here, because I want I want partners to make sure that they walk away with this. You know, if they're, like we said, maybe they're selling network, maybe they're selling SD-WAN, maybe they're selling contact center, and they just haven't, yeah. they haven't touched on this. And to your point, uh, we were all waiting to see, oh, does this work from home thing go away? Is it permanent? I think the reality is, is that, people have to be able to hire the talent that they need to grow. And so whether people go back into the office or not, I agree the hybrid thing is here to stay because you just can't afford as a business to assume you're going to be able to get talent in your local market forever and grow at the pace that your competitors are growing at. Yeah, you can't compete. You just simply can't. 100%. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. I want to I want to talk about, uh, before we get into some customers and some examples and some uh, sure. you know flows for partners, let's talk about innovation for a second. Mm -hmm. um, I think... You guys, uh, maybe just just talk to me a little bit about you know, especially now that that, that you're part of the Cox family and all of that. How do, how do you guys approach and how do you look at what's next and innovation and things like that to stay in front of this? Because you're in you're in the fastest changing market, right? Yeah, so I, I, absolutely correct. I think prior to Cox, we were selling desktops and the and and you know still focus on some of our core principles of thinking about what's the end user's experience and that's still, that hasn't gone away but one of the biggest things we did um post acquisition was we, we we got our hands on through the deal um working capital and how do we a lot of focus on if the end user is going to leverage the technology how they do that in the easiest and most efficient way possible so we actually 
built um, and, and hired incredible talent. Um, some of the, the, the leads of this of our software architecture team came directly from Microsoft, and we built out a, a customer portal that I would put up against any one of our competitors. And, and again, you might say, oh, portal, big deal, checkbox. No, I'm talking about, think about the mid-market customer that at any given time wants to see how many desktops am I actually using? How many desktops are powered on? How many desktops are powered off? What do those resources look like? Oh, I'm not only using desktops, but I'm using SD-WAN technology in multiple locations. Where are those sites? Are they active? What, what circuits are they connected to? Um, what is the health of those sites? How many Microsoft licenses am I, am I leveraging through RapidScale? How many am I contracted for? How many, what's my overage bill? How does that tie back to my invoice? Is my DR working correctly? Are backups working correctly? And giving that and tying that directly into our ticketing system. So in one, in this, in this experience to say, hey, I want to make this very easy for that mid-market customer that lacks that internal IT resource. Now, no IT resources is not good, right? I'm talking about the client that has, you know, several hundred or a yeah. couple thousand employees, but the ratio to their IT bench is disproportionate and they need help. Um, that's where we absolutely excel. And from a from an innovation standpoint, the the orchestration and and um in the ability to deliver on that portal was probably step one. Step two was just making sure that we were diversifying. You know, I think we've been recognized year over year as a leader on the Citrix platform, being able to give customers an option with VM Horizon. And then our product team is aggressively moving towards Azure and Windows Virtual Desktop technologies here in 2022. So that's kind of, you know, probably a whole nother question, but that, that's kind of where we're headed. I love it. No, um, just, just the fact that there's a huge talk track and conversation and, and the proof has been in the pudding, right? I mean, seeing this and, and I've had some great conversations with the folks that are doing your backend design and orchestration and, and, and it's been cool to see. I mean, clearly the, the, the thought is this, this portal has to be a huge thing for us and it has to make the customer's life easier. And, and you've Correct. got so many disparate things. They're just used to this idea of, well, I got to log in here to do this. I got to log in here to do this. And I think you guys have shown in that, through that R&D of, of not only what you need, but where this is going of just making a customer's life easier, visibility, predictability, accountability, all those, all those adverbs. Uh, I think you guys have done a good job of plugging them all in there. So let's talk about the customer perspective here as we get to, towards the last couple. Uh, maybe walk me through an example. You know, what, what I want partners to hear is, okay, let's get into the meat of it and we don't have to leave we don't have to, 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 to use customer names if we don't want to, but yeah. um, walk me through an environment, how you got brought in, what information you had, what the deal really looked like, what the customer had and what you ended up, what you ended up solving and putting in place for them. And what did that look like? Sure. Um, deals happen for all kinds of reasons. So and it's very rare that a, a customer calls apart and says, Hey, I need virtual desktop. Um, I don't think it kind of it works out that way. Not, sometimes it does, but most of the time it's through discovery. The customer has a problem and, and they're, they're really not sure how to solve it. Um, but like I alluded to earlier, some of our biggest opportunities happen where the customer might have realized there's a business use case for virtual desktop. And I can think of one, one of the larger deals we did last year where we had a, a very large um, reinsurance business. Um, well, actually, I'll say this. It was They're fairly large, but they were part of a much larger entity, and they were being spun out. So sometimes M&A has a lot to do with mm -hmm. the, the, the business drivers, especially in the, 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 the equity markets we've been in, the capital markets we've been in here in the last couple of years. 
Um, anyway, this organization was spinning out and they, they were getting serviced by a very, let's just say a very large integrator and very large global, uh, global data center organization that wasn't quite meeting the needs of what I'd call a mid-market company with 200 employees. And not only was Citrix um, not fine-tuned and not optimally uh, engineered to meet the needs uh, from a, a task worker, but also a power user who might be looking at the additional resources, um, the, the just in entering a ticket for into this, the current incumbent service provider and expecting a reasonable return on that ticket to the solution to be to be resolved, the time to, to resolution was days. I mean, it was, and if it was answered, and then the change management procedures, it was like working with a very bureaucratic organization. So they had engineering challenges, they had support challenges. Um, they also had disparate in environments, not only in Bermuda, in the US, but also in London and actually even in Hong Kong. So they wanted to improve their network, right? So they put this RFP out, we got into it, and we realized really quickly, like, hey, there's disaster recovery involved in this deal. There's infrastructure service involved in this deal. There's there's actually um, uh, SD-WAN involved in this deal. There's there's database services and the operating system management kind of going up the technology stack, if you will. Um, and if you if you just looked at that stuff, we could say, okay, we're a little bit of a me too game. We got a great story on service. Well, then we started to realize there was a massive um, insurance application that was proprietary to this business that required Citrix. And, and that really made us stand out, right? So not only can we do all these other things and do them very well, we're, we're, we're the de facto experts and, and maybe I'm a little biased and, and yes, I am <laughs> in, 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 in this space. And, and that story came together. So we end up uh, going back to the customer from a technology perspective and saying, look, we've got a global infrastructure as a service platform. We've got the DR capabilities that we can le leverage to meet the RTO and, and RPO needs of the business. Um, we can deliver on the SD-WAN uh, requirements through our Velo Cloud offering. Um, <clears throat> we, we delivered on Citrix, obviously. Um, and then, it, but then it came down to the executive alignment and the support team we put around them. And then what I mean by that is this, this type of customer was, they're in life today. Um, they're, they're doing um, and functioning in their business teams, but they're doing is the wrong word. They're, 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 they're being supported by uh, a persistent project manager, a persistent seller who initially sold the deal along with an account manager, a, a persistent team of, of, uh, of service engineers. And this, this customer feels like, hey, I've got this home. And I, I'm, I'm all of a sudden those challenges that I was unattended to in my, in my previous environment um, we now feel like, hey, we've got a service provider that attends to our needs. They understand our business and they can, we save cost and, and they're delivering. So they went from about a million dollars a month to about 200K a month. And you might say, oh my gosh, that's an incredible. Um, when I, bigger isn't always better. You know, and when you go and work with a very large global national firm, these folks, you know, think, hey, we can charge you um, in an excessive way. We understood their budget felt like we could do a really good deal, make, make a really good profit, compete against our peers and get a great win. Love it. Awesome story. And, and that, I mean, you just, you add so much value there for the, for the customer and you solve so many problems. And I think that's when, uh, I love it when cost is sometimes the last thing to be discussed. It's that, man, it, it usually is. It, it, honestly, if you can fix the, if you can fix my problems, then what you're charging is probably fair. And, uh, you know, I think, 
you know, going back to our DNA, where a lot of our industry started in transactional long distance and really expensive T1s, and I can take you from 30 cents a minute to 25 cents a minute, and, you know, partners are happy because they're winning the deals, but uh, customers happy because they're saving money. I think sometimes we go, we, we have that DNA, and it's not about that anymore. It's about technology, modernization, to your point, uh, solving problems. I swear my kids, Josh, in this particular deal, we did not discount one time off the RFP. We responded to the RFP and did not discount the deal and and won it. I love it. That means they saw the value. Beautiful. Uh, all right, final thoughts here. Uh, two things. One, advice for any partners who are not into this technology area. Um, obviously, I know we've got plenty of Telaris and engineering resources. We can help them do discovery, but if they're in conversations, if they've got customers out there and they haven't had some of these conversations, would love to hear your advice or questions or strategy around that. And then just maybe wrap us up with where do you think this thing is going? Where Where is cloud and infrastructure and desktop and that going? Yeah, absolutely. Love to. So um, I, I've always said this within the with our partners is that, hey, let, let Talaris, let RapidScale help on the engineering side and doing the discovery. But can you get the customers to start having business discussions around their needs. There are three things right now that are happening at the same time. And you mentioned the perfect storm. Number one, the pandemic, we mentioned it a few times, but it's changed the way we work. So how are customers dealing with it? What do they learn from it? And, and how are they gonna go forward? If you can get them talking, you're gonna probably find something in there, whether it's a rapid scale deal, some type of technology deal and digital transformation is gonna come up. Number two, uh, <clears throat> security. The, the security threat and mitigating risk, no one's immune. We always thought, hey, maybe it's Target, maybe maybe it's uh, you know, the 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 the, the large and larger entities are government. No, it's mid market and small business. They're being attacked every single day, and they don't even know it. Get them talking about what they're doing to mitigate risk. And an easy an easy low hanging fruit there is, hey, the the threat vector is the, easy, the or the most vulnerable threat vector typically is email. And then lastly, um, uh. Human capital, you mentioned it, but if you think it's hard to get a generalist from an IT perspective, think about how hard it is even to get a security person. You just can't. So you've got to start relying on on trusted advisors and, and the, the experts to solve some of these needs. And all those things lead to really great business discussions that, that technology can solve and, and rapid scale can be a part of that solution. So I'd start there. Um, the last part of your question is, hey, where is all this going? Um, you know, I mean, virtual desktop is going to continue to evolve. It's going to grow. It's going to grow. The projections from all the analysts is that the CAGR on this thing is going to be, you know, well north of twenty percent for the foreseeable future. But but at, but at the end of the day, I look at when I think of like how where we stand out. I, I'll leave you with this vision, right? For, I don't care if it's Citrix or or Mike, Windows Virtual Desktop or what, whatever you're leveraging. You know, we have a very strong identity management practice, for example, but think about the customer in these three different scenarios. I'm a client in scenario one who's sitting on my LAN and, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the mid-market, I'm a mid-market customer, I've got limited IT, and I'm an end user that logs in on my LAN to my corporate environment, and then do I have single sign-on that allows me to get to all the applications that I'm supposed to be leveraging to do my job? Okay, scenario two. I want to do the exact same thing, but I want to do it from my home, right? Well, maybe there's an extra step. Instead of single sign-on, now I'm getting maybe a push notification and it's on my mobile device and I'm authenticating into this environment. It's a trusted network. And, and, and now I'm able to, again, get to those crown jewels. 
Or maybe I'm sitting in Starbucks or in the airport and I'm on an open public network and or maybe I'm not even on my own device. I'm using a, a public device or some something some device that's a little bit unknown to the corporate network. And, and maybe that corporate network can be set up to say, well, you're going to have conditional access, right? We're not going to give you full access. It's a little bit of an untrusted environment. In today's world of, you know, the, the stress on human capital and talent, security risk, and the need to do all three of those, work in all three of those environments I just described, how does the mid-market customer do it? They rely on rapid scale. Boom. Mic drop. I think we just end it right there. I won't even do an outro. No, I, I appreciate it. Awesome examples. I love that we got a, a glimpse in to learn about you, to learn about where rapid scale's at, where you're going, how to talk about and develop those opportunities. And I think you nailed it. Um, one of my one of my favorite points is that they just don't come to you asking for I need X product. We gotta uncover right. it. We gotta learn about their business and we gotta figure out what their problems are. So that wraps us up, my friend. Bob, I appreciate you coming on. Enjoyed it, man. You're my favorites. Take care, Josh. Love it. All right, everybody. That wraps us up for another week. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is the Next Level Biz Tech Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Next Level Biz Tech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.